Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. We needed a special emergency baseballs and boring podcast with the straw that stirs a drink in the Barrier area, and that's Jason Masternanato of the San Jose Mercury News. Took a little while to get my head around that one, but now I know that you're in deep there. You are in the trenches. You are the voice of the people in the Bay Area, and baseball has turned their attention to the to. The, uh, the the ballpark which I equated, Jason, to a, a CVS that was closing. You walk into the CVS and the shelves are just kind of empty and you know they're not going to refill them. Like, okay, you know what? You get the, you get the worst Band-Aids. No one's going to buy them. So, um, but, but, but there, there has been a, a revitalization with passion and interest because of what's happened, especially in the last week, I guess. So, Jason, I want you to be the voice because I can't be the voice. I'm not. I'm not covering this crap like on a daily basis like you are. Do you? Are you, you feel fortunate well, to be part of history here, or what? Yeah, I mean, you know, it feels like I've been to the Coliseum like a million times. When actual in actuality, I've probably been there like eight times this year. But for the big moments, like on Tuesday night, which was. Um, one of the coolest things I've seen in a baseball stadium, truly, because I was there a couple weeks ago and the announced attendance was like 2,700 people, maybe had 
you could count like 800. I mean, it was like you, I've seen bigger crowds at high school baseball games, you know, at college games. So it's it, you, from that perspective, I think there's this perception from people who aren't in the Bay area that, well, that's why the A's are moving. Why wouldn't they be moving? Nobody's showing up to these games. But the thing that I think A's fans really wanted to prove on Tuesday night, which I think they absolutely nailed it, was if you give them a reason to show up, they will show up. When you have a $56 million payroll and, you know, the top guy that you're paying is, is Trevor May, who's like, a, you know, maybe a third reliever on most teams and, you know, guys that just aren't performing and all, it's like a constant shuttle from AAA to the majors and they were on pace to be the worst team in like 140 years. Uh, until they rattled off this seven-game winning streak. It's like, that's why people aren't coming. And the stadium, we know the stadium's a dump, right? E- even when they have, like, 7,000 people there, there are so few concession stands, and it's so slow to get any food that there are huge lines. It's an absolute mess. We know that. But what I think on Tuesday night that the A's fans showed is, like, give us a reason to come to this dumpy stadium with this crappy team, and we'll come. <laughs> And so that's what they did. They showed up 27, almost 28,000 people for a Tuesday night game against the Rays. Um, it was like a playoff game. It was in there. It was nuts. I mean, it was like the players knew it. They were looking forward to it. I, you know, Tony Kemp told me everything happens for a reason, man. There's a reason why we got on a seven game winning streak or six game winning streak riding into that game. Like there was just something happening in this clubhouse that is a lot like major league. It really feels it uh, feels like that. Um, and when they got rolling and it, right into that game on Tuesday night and it was unbelievable. I mean, the, the fans showed up, they were there at like two in the afternoon for a seven o'clock game, crowding the parking lot, tailgating, um, you know, chanting how much they hate John Fisher, the A's owner who, who's, you know, really screwed them, I think. Um, and the way that they were in unison the entire game, too, they kind of, like, willed this team to victory. The A's were down one nothing going into the seventh. They scored a run in the seventh. Then Ramon Laureano stole third base uh, on a really close play to score the, eventually score the game-winning run in the eighth. It was, like, a magical moment like I've never seen in baseball. So I think that's the point that they were trying to make. Like, hey, I know everyone thinks that we're not showing up because we're a bad fan base, but in reality it's because – we don't have a reason to show up. If you give us a reason to show up, we will show up. And that's kind of been, um, I think, I I don't know, you tell me from a national perspective, is that what people, is that what you think? That they aren't showing up because they aren't showing up. There's not a base. There's yeah, not, like, like, no, no, I no, because there's, there's evidence and proof when they had good teams that they showed up. I think it's, it's just been, you've been kicked in the crotch one too many times. And by the way, I, I totally missed the opportunity to say that this this podcast is a reverse boycott boycott of Jason Mastrodano. Uh so um but I think that yeah I think the perception is that that you just can only take so much. It's like I come back to the stadium. It's sort of like it does feel like that stadium like we you and I have gone to that stadium over the years and it was okay. Yeah, you got the wrestling mat over your head so you don't bump it, you know, like it, it, all that stuff. But then the last few years, like, oh, really? The windows won't open or close. They're halfway. You get the possum in the ceiling. You, yeah. you know, you, like you're just you, you've just been beaten down so much. And um, yeah, so I think that it's great. The great thing about, like you said, you just said to me just now 
said, I don't think I've seen anything like that. Like what happened on Tuesday night. Like that's the great thing about this. That's the great thing about these these franchises and these fan bases in baseball. And I'll give you another example. Like the Reds, like everybody for the first month of the season probably would pay zero attention to the Reds. Zero. Then all of a sudden, oh, what, what, who's this guy? Matt McClain. Well, who's this guy? Ellie De La Cruz. Like, wait a second. They're an exciting team. And guess what they started doing? They started winning some games because, like, to your point, it's not only, you know, you need talent, but you also need the will to win a little bit. Look at what the fighting Lavellos are doing. They got a taste <laughs> of wet. They got a taste of winning. Tastes good. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Let me ask. Look, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go, go, go. No, it's just that one of the things that I found interesting is is that you have like these three factions, right? You have the fans, you have the players, and you have ownership. And you've got fans that aren't really coming. So, and we've seen in some markets where fans aren't coming, the players kind of complain about that, right? I believe in Tampa, there's been some players who over the years have complained about that. In Oakland, I've never heard a player complain. I mean, granted, I just started covering this team, but I've never heard, I, I have yet to hear a player complain about the fan base. In fact, it's the opposite. It's, we know that our fans come when they need to. Like, we know that they're here. And there's this camaraderie between the players and the fans that even on Tuesday night, with all the anger that you felt from the fans directed at John Fisher, none of the players felt that. Like, n- there was no shame and being on this ace team or like oh man these these fans are angry it sucks to be out here it was really the opposite it was like this this bond that they i think really shared on tuesday of like it's neither one of our faults that this is happening like we're in this together neither one of us has any say in how this unfolds like sure the a's can you know somehow turn around and make the playoffs i don't know you know that's not gonna happen but if if I guess you could say that's how they can control their own fate, but that's still not going to change what the what the owner decides to do. And it seems like it's been destined to happen this way, that if John Fisher wanted the ace to still be in Oakland, they would still be in Oakland because they came within $90 million of making this happen and then abandoned ship, you know, much to the surprise of the city of Oakland uh, and the mayor who thought that they were pretty close on a deal. Um, but I just found it really interesting how close the – players and fans are in this situation they really feel it with each other and i was shocked to hear trevor may even told me um he's like listen it's all about money for john fisher right like we know that in here too it's not it's not like just an outside perception like we get it like it's all about money for john fisher and it's not all about money for the fans and mm. so i just like that camaraderie that you can tell that there's that they're in it together and there's a common enemy it seems like yeah, well, that's good. Like you said, it's, the parallels to major leagues are crazy. Otherwise, other than like you said, at the end of the day, a they're not going to make the playoffs, and b there's no like contractual stipulation that if you do this, you're going to do that. They're they're gone. But so today, you see a lot of articles, Manfred talking about everything, and you know there's a lot of slings and arrows being thrown around. No one's blaming Trevor May. No one's bl- blaming Tony Kemp. No one's blaming. The players, no one's blaming Mark Kotze, but there is a lot of blame. So I want you to do this. So you know how I like power rankings, right? All right. Give me your power rankings for the blame of this whole situation. I mean, number one has to be Rob Manfred because he's in charge. I mean, if he wanted the A's to make this happen, he could have pressured them into making this happen. But it was kind of the opposite, it seems like, where they were like, no, we'll waive the relocation fee. 
don't worry about it. If you want to go to Vegas, go to Vegas. And then you see, you know, the, the comments that Manfred has made over the weeks, right? I mean, it was like it, somebody asked him about the reverse boycott, I think, a week ago. Um, and he made this comment like, oh, wow, it's great to see them get like an almost average Major League Baseball crowd in that facility for one night. What a great thing. Um, every, every chance that Rob Manfred has had to blame Oakland A's fans, he's taken it. And I think if he – it's so transparent that he has not had any interest in trying to help the A's stay in Oakland um, or that there, a lot of things would have unfolded differently. So I would say Manfred is number one. Obviously, John Fisher is going to be number two. Um, you know, he could have taken a lot of different routes with this team, but just stripping them to the bare bones and, you know, keeping their payroll at an absolute minimum year over year. I mean, they didn't even have – usually what they do, we, we know how the A's operate. They sign, like, three guys that they're like, you know what, we might be able to trade these guys. Yeah, we just – we actually uh, – going to find it shocking. Rich Hill was on earlier this week, and he talked exactly about that. He said that – you know, back in 2016, you remember, I mean, he signed with Oakland on a one-year deal, revitalized his career, all that foul ground, perfect place for this guy. And the perception was exactly that. Well, that's the guy you signed, so you trade him. And yeah. Rich was like, he got the spring training, and this is what he said the other day, and just said, I was bullshit. This is what he said. I was bullshit. There were people were saying that we were automatically going to do that because so, some players were doing that. But anyway, I just wanted to get that yeah. in there. Yeah, no, it's in But, I mean, you look at the guys that they signed this year, it doesn't even seem like that's what they're doing, right? Like, Aldemus Diaz, I mean, that's a guy who's a utility player on most teams. Jace Peterson is a utility player, like, you know, the fifth guy off the bench um, for most teams. You know, Trevor May is maybe like a third reliever for most teams. And those are the guys that they chose to spend money on. So it's not like, oh, big upside project here. Hey, if this guy hits, we can trade him for prospects. It's like, no, Jace Peterson is just like he, exactly what he is, right? I mean, he's just a, a 33-year-old, you know, bench guy who maybe has another couple years left of being a utility player, and that's that. So it it's never been more transparent that John Fisher is not trying to win. And, and you know, I guess I would take that if we're going to play the blame game, you know, one step further and go to, to Dave Force, the GM. I mean, has not done a good job. Like, I think that was that. So that's number three. He's number three in the power rankings. That's number three, I think, as a general manager. Just hasn't done a great job um, of putting this team in position to win because then that would also have changed the conversation. So I think, you know, the players at some point are going to come on here uh, on the list, the fans at some point, maybe the mayor of Oakland. But it, it's hard to blame the mayor when it did seem like, from my vantage point, the negotiations were going somewhere. It was taking a long time. But it was going somewhere. They raised $375 million, right? I mean, Nevada's going to give them $380 million, so it's not far off. Um, it took time to get there. So it they felt, the city of Oakland felt like they were really close if they just had another week. They had flown in a bunch of lawyers. Uh, the day that the A's called them and said, we're, we're signing this deal in Nevada, the city of Oakland had flown in a bunch of lawyers and was ready to negotiate for a multi-day negotiation that week. And so, you know, the city said that they felt like they were blindsided. I have a hard time blaming the mayor of Oakland and the city of Oakland when they raised $375 million, and that's exactly what Vegas raised. Um, but I guess somewhere you could put them on the list and say, hey, if they would have given, given more money, maybe it would have changed it. And the last people I'm going to blame is the fans because, you know, look at 2019. 55,000 people showed up for that wild card game. 
you know, most ever for a wild card game. And I don't know if that record will ever be broken. I mean, it was, everyone says it was the craziest uh, environment they've seen. So, you know, the fans are the last to blame on my list. So I wanted the top two. There was an interview, I think, believe it or not, I think it might have been on Stern with Reggie Jackson. And Reggie Jackson said that Manfred torpedoed his, he was in a group to, to buy the A's back when Fisher evidently got the A's. In other words, he was saying the fix was in, you know, with Fisher and Manfred. Um, has there been a lot of talk about, because when you, if you have that conversation, you know, that obviously links up with what's going on now, which, you know, I know that Manfred's sort of throwing Fisher in there, but he, he was his guy. He was the guy that he, if you listen to the <laughs> Reggie Jackson, you know, he was the guy that Manfred wanted in. So what's your take on that? Um, You know, it's – so I feel like if there was going to be an ownership change, yeah, I mean, there would have, there would have needed to be a lot of, a lot of people on board. I don't the, – the, what I keep going back to is what happened with the Giants, right? I mean, the Giants were ready to move um, and – uh, they, you know, at the last second, they had a new owner who came in. Even before that, we had uh, the land situation where, you know, the Oakland and San Francisco were, were talking about who has the rights to various locations. And hey, if if the Giants need to, in order to keep them in the Bay Area, if they need, uh, you know, the San Jose market, we're going to give them that market. So the A's gave them San Jose and, and the South Bay area and said, okay, you can take this market if this is what you need to build a stadium in Santa Clara or down near San Jose and keep the team in the Bay area. The A's gave that to the giants. Then the giants end up having, making an ownership change. They ended up building, you know, a new stadium in San Francisco, keeping the team here, never gave the South Bay rights back to the A's. And so <laughs> there, you know, if, it, it, everything could have changed had the Giants just said, you know what, you guys can have the Bay, the South Bay rights back. You can build in San Jose or in Santa Clara. You can take that um, if that means keeping two teams in the Bay Area because that's good for baseball because that's what the A's did. And the Giants won't do that. And the Giants want that market that they've got, um, That those that's their territory now. Uh, they won't give it to the A's, and they've basically made that clear. So, you know, I, if – if Major League Baseball wanted to facilitate an owner, ownership change, if there was league-wide support in keeping the team in Oakland, it would have happened. And that's why I keep going back to Manfred, because I think it's not just on John Fisher. It, it's on other – other. there are other forces at play here. If the Giants wanted the A's to stay in Oakland, they could have helped, um, and they chose not to. So I think, you know, I, I think Major League Baseball almost seems like they were just ready, hey, let's get a team in Vegas. This yeah, they wanted a team in Vegas. You know, there's yeah. no question about it, and that was – to your point, that was the easy opportunity to come back to forced. You know, that is, I think, one thing that is probably not talked about enough because you know you you mentioned 2019, the crowd, the wild card game. If you're good, you're going to get more people there. That's how it works. I mean, the list of players that they've moved on from, which is fine. Like you, we get it, right? This is their lot in life. They have players. They want to get rid of them before the contracts. But you got to rebuild. We talk about this. This is how the lifeblood of these teams. If you miss on these trades, then you end up basically what 
this. So you tell me, you know, Bassett, Manaya, Chapman, Olson, Murphy, and I'm, I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of others. I mean, they let Semyon go. Semyon. Yeah. So, so you tell me, I mean, is there any hope? Maybe the hope is going to ha- resurface at just the right time in Vegas. I don't know. But is there any hope with off of what they've got in the last few years? I don't know. I mean, you know, everyone's excited about uh, Langoliers, the catcher. Um, you know, Mason Miller looked electric, um, but before he got hurt, now they're concerned about his elbow, and he's slowly starting to to make his way back. Um, there's a few prospects in the system that that people are pretty excited about, but this isn't like this isn't like the Orioles, right? It's not like oh, they're just one year away. Just wait. They're about to explode. All these guys are about to come up. And they're going to explode. That, that's not what this is. I mean, this is going to be a patchwork project to get the A's back on track. They're going to need some of these guys to really develop, but they're also going to need to make some moves from the outside, and that just hasn't been what they do. I think the big question is going to be if they do finish this move to Vegas, which seems likely they're on the final you know, five-yard line here, but if they get there, they need to sell out basically every game in Vegas in order to – fulfill their promise to the city of, you know, making that um, tax money back for the city. So how are they going to sell out? They're actually going to have to spend some money on this team. So are they suddenly going to actually even get to $100 million? I mean, 22 of the 30 teams this year spent $100 million on their team. So the A's spent 56. So can you just get to 100? Can you just sign a few players and make this team competitive? Because if they roll a team like this into Vegas – it's just going to be the same thing that happened in Oakland. People aren't going to go watch them. Mm. So I don't think it's a team that's like ready to explode. And once they get to Vegas, they're going to, you know, pop off. It's going to be a team that's going to take some work and they're going to have to completely change their approach. And, you know, anybody can probably run an organization better than the A's have in the last couple of years. So it's not out of the question to say that they will be better by 2025, but I don't think it's like a team that's, you know, on the verge. Selling a little. Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right anything you want to plug any stories you're working on i mean if you know i i really like Trevor May has been one of the most interesting characters that I've talked to. I I had a good story with Trevor kind of opening up about his battle with anxiety. I know you've talked to Daniel Bard a lot 
um, in your time and, and Bard was, was dealing with some of that stuff. I, I think if you want to Google Trevor May anxiety, it was, it was informative to, uh, to hear him talk about um, what he's gone through and the, how the pitch clock affected him. And, you know, we, we love the pitch clock, but that played a big we also, role. We also love the conversation around the pitch clock. We love – it's the gift that keeps on giving, by the way. You know, it's – it's uh, when in doubt, have Matt Strom um, talk about beer sales. So what was your take on that? I know you got an opinion on everything. What was your take on that one? Uh, so Strom was saying that they should extend beer sales, right? No. No. Just the opposite. Oh, oh that – he said there was like four teams that were had already extended to the eighth inning. And he's saying, what are we doing? If you really mean it, why aren't you going the other way to sixth inning? Because obviously they, they want to go to the eighth inning because it's going too quick. And and everybody knows, like, that's everybody knows like this is about money. This isn't about like making sure people are sobering up. Because you know, in, in the eighth inning to the ninth inning could be like 20 minutes. You know, that's it. So he, I thought he had a good point. I liked him surfacing it. Um, but it's just one of one of many things that we're talking about with the pitch clock. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, my question, too, is like, what did – maybe you would know. I haven't read much about what did it do for commercials? I mean, are teams, are teams making less money on commercials now? Well, I, I know this. They're getting – well, the TV you see, like, as soon as basically the ball hits the mitt – for the out, they're they're running to commercial. Um, for radio, Jason, it was nuts. It, it's crazy. It's like you are. It's when you first start doing the radio broadcast, it, it you it, it's like you've been slapped in the face. You're like you can't do things quick enough. You know how you've done enough radio where you're like, okay, you know, let's sit back, let's talk, tell some stories. Uh uh-uh. uh you got to get the spots in. And by the way, like you don't even have the time to get the spots in. It's crazy. It's nuts. But you still have to get the spots in. Yeah. 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 I mean, great- the, beer, the beer sales thing is is interesting because why aren't all the teams doing it then, right? If it was like we've only seen a few teams do it. Yeah. Well, I, I want to double back. I want to find. I honestly thought because Jason, I've never had anything picked up like that was picked up ever, yeah. and it could because you know how it works. It's sort of the the fringe of society in sports. That's Those things always do well. But I honestly believe that because it got so much play that some teams, they were going that way. And I at least hesitated. But I think it's time to loop back to see who did what and if that has changed. And we know it's going to change. We know it's going to go the eighth inning. It's certainly not going the sixth inning. Right. So, anyway, it's not what we're here to talk about. All I can say about beer is the big story in the bay area was that the giants were going to make these nine dollar beers this year that were like wow nine dollars we what a what a deal um and then, <laughs> and then people got frustrated because the only nine dollar beer was a coors light that was like an eight ounce cool coors light it was it was basically like a dixie cup full of coors light um, so you know if you still want to get a beer at the, like a legitimate beer at at the Giants game, it's like sixteen to twenty. Is it really? What is it at Fenway right now? I don't know. It's not like I go down and pound them during the games. I mean, oh, well, you've really changed then. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. That's why my writing has gone down the tubes. Um, 
those were the days, right? When uh, when they actually had a tap in the back of the press box. I actually have it happen back in the day. All right. Um, all right, Jason. Thank you for the, being the voice of the Bay Area. All right. Thanks, Ron. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.